0: Good morning. All right. I want to introduce you to a little friend of mine, Christina. You can introduce them to my little friend. And uh, I hope you recognize this particular gentleman. And uh, today we're going to be talking about doing life together, and it is loving others. I thought we'd start off with a great contemporary role model today. Um, Here we go. I hope you recognize and remember this good guy. How many remember this guy, huh? Presbyterian minister who took his gift and blessed the world with it. Remember this song? Listen.
1: It's a beautiful day in this you neighborhood. You can sing it if you like. You know you want to. a beautiful day it. for a neighbor. <laughs> Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty. Would a neighborly day for a beauty. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? I have always wanted to have a neighbor just like you. I tried to wear a sweater for him. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood <clears throat> With you, so let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we'll might as well say, Would you be mine? Would you be mine? Won't you I be, be, be my, neighbor? my neighbor? Won't you please? Won't you please? Oh, look at that. Please, won't you be
0: <laughs> my neighbor? Hi, neighbor. Hi, neighbor. I'm glad we're Turn together. To somebody again. right now say, Hi, neighbor. Welcome to the Calvary community this morning, to all of our family and friends, and of course to our visitors today. We're glad you're here. We're glad you're alive. Amen. Let's clap our hands. We thank God for another day of life. And um, around these parts, you have been seeing different signs here and there with the slogan or acronym LDLT, and it means Let's Do Life Together. And today, I felt that I had the opportunity to maybe make those acronyms or that acronym more practical. We'd like to see the rubber meet the road when it comes to doing life together. What does that mean? Simply put, as our theme says today, doing life together is loving others. But before we go into that, I want to steal this melody from uh, Mr. Rogers, and I want to make it ours. So here it goes. It's a beautiful day here at Calvary Church. A beautiful day here at Calvary. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? I always wanted to worship God like this. (laughs) Always wanted to worship God with you. So let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're all here, we might as well say, let's do life. Let's do life. Come on, y'all. Let's do life together. Amen. So I hope that'll help you get in the spirit of part of our vision that is always spoken over us by our pastor, And it's time for us to make it a reality, amen? If you've seen this pretty soon, hopefully you will get to see this brand on a lot of things, reminding us of the importance of doing life together and also the fact that Calvary Church exists for the purpose of transforming our lives in Christ to serve others. So let's get to it. How do we, in a practical way, do life together? Simply put, it is in loving others. I want to focus on the word loving because one of the things that our pastor has been teaching us is that if you want to make an impact in the world, you have to take what you are as a noun. Somebody might say a noun. And you have to make what you want to do. Who you are has to become a verb. Somebody might say a verb. We must express it in action. So when we talk about doing life together and we say it is loving others, we do that deliberately. We turn what would be a passive position of loving people from a distance. Oh, I just love them. Oh, look at them. I love them. And we turn that to an aggressive, proactive position where we want to be lovers. Somebody say lovers. So I want you to ask yourself that question, am I a lover, am I a lover for Christ today? Well, let's see if we can help you be that if you don't feel that you are. So doing life together is loving others, and you may continue, Christina, Christina's helping me with the slides today so I don't have to do it myself, because I think you all know that would be too much, (laughs) amen for me. However, doing life together is loving others, and we've been taught over a number of teachings in our pastor's uh, teaching on music of the heart, that making music is what we do as believers. And in Ephesians 5, I'm reminded of the verse that says, it's one of my favorite verses, it says, uh, be not unwise as fools, but knowing what the will of the Lord is, making melody in your hearts as unto God. Now, I think that most of us maybe have some idea of what that means personally. But personally, it's not enough. We have to be able to take our own melody, our personal melody, our personal soundtrack that we love our families with, maybe those close to us, maybe even ourselves with, And we have to be able now to combine our instrumentation because we're all instruments. We are all finely tuned and crafted instruments of God himself. We have to be able to combine our instruments and make harmony together, make music, somebody say, together. Okay? That is what it means, at least in one facet, to do life together. We come together seeking harmony and not discord. So we've learned around here making music is very important. We've learned that doing it together, uh, the melody of our lives, making them one sweet song that people, when they come to Calvary, they walk into our song. They walk into our music, and they say, I like this beat. I like this melody. I like this groove. You know what groove is. That's where I come from. This groove. I like this groove. This is my favorite song, you know. Makes you want to dance, makes you want to celebrate. Now, we've also learned that in order to do that, as we'll dig in a little deeper today, it will require that we love others as we love ourselves. And in doing that, we extend our reach beyond just here to the world. Because although we could create beautiful music together, I think we do. We have great times of worship together. We have great moments in our small groups where God is speaking to us and we grow. But if that does not overflow into the streets, if that does not show up on our jobs, if that does not show up in the many diverse relationships that God will expose us to, then we, um, we have not really maximized the beautiful opportunity that we have. Amen. So loving your neighbor as you love yourself becomes the question, and such is the verse that we uh, had read for you today. Uh, And the reason why that's so important is because Jesus is approached by an expert in the law. The Bible calls him a ruler of the Jews, and he is asked simply, well, what is the greatest commandment? And before we go into that and why Jesus responded the way he did, I just want to say that we must understand that we are going into a world that is full of questions. The world has thousands of questions that need answers. And that is why God gave us his word, because his word is full of the answers and when we internalize that word, not just memorize it and become a bunch of robotic dictionaries for the scriptures, but when we become, as the Bible says, living epistles, read of men, when the word has, become made, has been made flesh in us and people see Christ through us, we become the answer to those questions. When we are young a child just asks questions. Mommy, what's this? Daddy, what's this? What the Well, that's what the world is saying. They're crying out. It's dark out there. Somebody say it's dark out there. <laughs> we are the light of the world. It's flavorless out there. It's bland out there. We are the salt of the earth. We bring the flavor to our communities. We have the answers. So this ruler of the Jews comes to Jesus, and Jesus simply responds. The greatest commandment, Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven 37 through 40. You can continue, Christina, if you don't mind. You can go to the next slide, my dear. Thank you. And it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. For this is the first and greatest commandment. Then he continues and says, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself, as the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And all I want to say to highlight is just a few things here. Number one, that when Jesus says love him, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And he says that this is the first and greatest commandment. Folks, I want you to understand that when something is highlighted as first by God. It means that we can't skip it as if it is unimportant. It is vital that we come to love God. Now, I want to give you a quick way to do that very fast. Think about all the conditions that people are in right now in this world. And think about how you woke up this morning, hopefully in a warm bed, in a warm home, You had food in the refrigerator. Anybody happy yet? Anybody realize just how much deserving God is of love? We breathe good air. He he hasn't... He's protected us from the elements. There's sickness and disease. I'm a cancer survivor, two-time cancer survivor, and I've been in the hospital while others have died. Our pastor is a two-time heart uh, transplant recipient. He's been in intensive care when others have died and he still remains. Folks, there are reasons to thank God and be grateful and to love him. Love him every day. Love him just because he is love. And without the presence of his love in the in existence, we would have no hope at all. Can we give God a clap offering? Because he's a lover. I'm so God. I'm so glad that we have a God who the Bible says is love. Christina, you can continue. So doing life together will require, number one, that we love God, the Lord our God, with all our heart, soul, mind, and and strength, and then that we love others as we love ourselves. And when we learn to love God, we become reflections of that love, and it becomes easy to love others, even beyond our limitations. Because I know you know, like I know, that hurt people in this world hurt people. People that are hurting hurt others. So it is very important that the transforming power of God's love be received in our lives so that we then become uh, uh, reflectors of his love, his unconditional love to others. And, you know, one of the things that always reminds me not to get judgmental because, you know, when you point the finger at one person, you have to remember you've got three more pointing at you and you've got one pointing at your big old head. You know, we always seem to see others' faults, but we have to remember that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Yet the Bible says while we were in our sin, while we were wrong, raise your hand if you know what it's like to be wrong. Yeah, I know you know I'm right yet, but you know how to be wrong. I have been very wrong in my life, and God still chose to love me. Well, everybody's not going to be right in your life. Folks are not going to say everything right. They're not going to do everything right. They're not going to live up to your expectations. But if God could love you with all of your problems, then certainly you could try to love others through all of theirs. Amen? And that's when we learn to not just appreciate the personal love of God, but we learn now to respect it and begin to work with the laws of love. And that's what we want to look at just very briefly. There are laws for everything in this planet. Uh, Laws of nature, laws of physics, laws of math, uh, laws of music. So there are laws of love. And today, hopefully, before the end of this lesson, you will understand what These three laws of love mean, Christina, oh, you're with me. Thank you, my dear. The best use of your life, what that is, the best expression of love in your life and what that is, and the best time to demonstrate love in your life and what that is. So let's look now at law number one. What is the best use of life for a human being? The highest and most beautiful expression of what it means to be human is to be a reflection of the values and morals and of of love that we get from God. You know, when we supersede the limitations and we choose to love anyway. The Bible says in John 4, 8, that whoever... Does not love, does not know God, because God is love. Now, this verse, and you can stay right there, Christina, this verse is a beautiful verse, but I don't think we really get it all the time without reading the entire verse. And it's one of my favorites. It's 1 John 4, 7 and 8, and it says, Beloved, somebody say, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and he who loves is born of God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Beloved, say beloved, let us love one another. My point is that we are able to reflect that we know God because he has loved us and we are able to consistently love others because we have a legacy of love. Believers like you and I who have been born again, when we were reborn, folks, we were reborn in a baptism of love that is beyond all measure. You know, the Bible says in Ephesians 1, one of my favorite verses, it says, Blessed be the Father and Lord of Jesus Christ, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in heavenly places in Christ Jesus before the foundations of the world, that we should be before him blameless, listen now, and in love. What I want you to get here, folks, is that no matter what your excuse is not to reflect the love of God in your life, you have a legacy of love that goes beyond all of your circumstances and excuses. Before the foundations of the world, God conceived you in love. Before you got a body to live on this earth, God, I should say it correctly, preconceived you in love. Your parents may not have conceived you in love. You may have been told growing up that you were a big mistake, that we never wanted you. Are you hearing me? I want you to know that before your parents conceived you, God Almighty preconceived you to one day stand before him blameless and in. Now, does that help you love God or what? You know, that God, you stand in a covenant that's between a God who loves you and a Savior who loved you enough to take your sin upon Him to show that He loved you. Because the Bible says, No greater love hath any man than to lay down his life for his friends. So this verse continues, 1 John 1.20, it says, If we say we love God but hate others, we are liars. We cannot love God whom we see or don't see and not love others who we see every day. Amen. Now, I call that lazy love. How many of you know, raise your hand, love requires some work. You know, I don't like lazy lovers. Don't say you love me and you never Do anything to express that love. Amen, somebody. Love is a verb, not a noun. Amen? I can't stay on that long, but let's keep moving. So now, the best use of life is love, and he who loves knows God and is born of God. And then last under this, uh, you may go, Christina, to the next slide. Three things the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, 13 remain. The greatest thing about being a lover and understanding that the best use of your life is to let love have its way with you. (laughs) Let love ravage you. Let God's love overtake you. Let God's love overwhelm you so that you become dripping wet with love. And everywhere you go, you just spread love. Anybody ever been around a dog that you just shampooed? You know, after you wash the dog, what does he do? You're like, no, don't do it. I'm going to do it. You know? <laughs> and the water gets all over you. Well, let's be those people. Let's be baptized and shampooed in the love of God every day. And let's just shake that love on everybody everywhere we go. And the great thing is that it's the best investment we'll ever make because 1 Corinthians thirteen thirteen says, These three things remain forever. Faith, hope. And love, and the greatest of these is love, folks. You were preconceived in love, and you're headed to a throne of grace that sits that, and a God, a Father who sits on that throne of grace. One day you're going to see Him for yourself, and He is love. Can we clap our hands? He is love. We don't have anywhere to go, and but to love. Hallelujah. You know, I think about God's way of showing love and how it's hard for us sometimes. And I wish I had time to go into a little story about my little sister dying in a car accident. But I was the one that had to go to the car and get all of, the, all of her personal items. And God showed me in the twisted wreckage how he still loved my little sister. <laughs> And I'll never forget, I realize that just because something feels painful and something hurts you and it doesn't look positive does not mean that God's fingerprints of love are not there. I want to challenge you to look closer. Somebody say, look closer. Everything God does for you is in love. All things work together for, for the good, for them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. Sometimes you're in the twisted wreckage of things, and you can't find it. I'm telling you, look closer. He's got you. (laughs) Hallelujah. Now, the second, you may go forward, uh, Christina. The best use of life is love as number one, but the best expression of love is action. So let's read and try to be a little more disciplined here. The Bible says in 1 John 3.18, we must show love through actions that are sincere and not through empty words. All I want to say here is that that word sincere in the Greek means, it's a word insere, and it means without wax. Somebody say without wax. And it's, it's from the thought That a potter puts a vessel in the oven, he bakes it, it cracks. He's not a just potter. He fills the crack with wax and paints it beautifully. He sells it to an unsuspecting victim. The victim uses it for cold things and it's fine. But when the heat is on, the flaw is revealed. God wants you to understand that he wants your love to be backed up with integrity. That you are not a person that only loves when it's good times. But when the the times get hot, are you hearing me? When the temperature rises, can people depend on you to be there loving them? (laughs) Hallelujah. Next uh, slide, Christina. The word also tells us concerning action that the only thing that counts in our faith really is expressing ourselves through love. And the Bible says it, and I'm often a King James Version guy, that faith works by love. Faith works by love. So folks, I don't know if you know, but there are many forms of faith. We have different kinds of faith. Faith is like your muscles. We all have the same muscles, but all of them are developed differently. We have different anatomies of faith. But no matter what your anatomy of faith is, the power behind it, the blood behind the muscle of your faith is love. So you will never do things by faith that are great unless the love in you is great. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go to the next slide. A life filled, in Ephesians 5-2, a life filled with love for others, following the example of Christ who loved you and gave himself as a sacrifice for you. I wish I had time to talk about this because our pastor gave a very... Contemporary example of how there was a big contract uh, just last week. Uh, he shared a story. Uh, the story. The Marlins Stadium in, in Miami, and there were some big problems. It was cracking. And he had to sacrifice his own reputation, his own company, put it at risk to save the project. My point is, folks, please hear me, sometimes you, God will ask you to be the savior of others, I know you want Jesus to be the Savior. Jesus my Lord. He's my Savior. Again, you want to throw it all on Jesus. No, Jesus is saying, if you love me, you'll feed my sheep. If you love me, you'll care for others. If you love me, you'll put yourself, you'll take some risk so that someone else can be blessed. At the end of that story, not only was the project saved and it was a glorious uh, salvation, but it was a salvation for everybody. And everybody was blessed because one person had the faith, the courage, and the love for what they do to have integrity and accept the responsibility. Amen. Let's clap our hands. That's why I love this church, because we have leadership that is a blessing to me. Now... Third thing that we can learn in the laws of love is the best time to show love. You can go to the next slide, my dear. So the best time to show love, folks, is now. And I want to say this very quickly and get out your way. Here's the deal. Yesterday I did, a, I did a funeral, and my point is the young lady that died, her time is over. She cannot show love in this dimension any longer. But look at us. We still have time. So the best way... To express your love for others is to do it now. When God shows you something, sometimes you have to act quickly. Somebody say, at the speed of revelation. Write now information that you need right now. You may be talking to someone having a casual conversation. The Holy Ghost will say, they need bus fare. They're afraid to ask you. You have to say, listen, I'm just going to ask you, do you need a couple dollars? (gasps) how did you know? God told me. (laughs) Here's $5. Get on that bus. Get home. I know that's a small thing to you, but to somebody who in that moment needed to know God was real and that blessing, you have changed their life. Somebody say now. That's why Hebrews tells us that faith is a something now. Somebody say now faith. Is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now let me read these verses to you and we'll move out your way. It says, whenever you possibly can, do good to those who need it. Never tell your neighbors to wait until tomorrow if you can help them now. Proverbs 3, 27 and 28. And Galatians six ten also says, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone. Next slide, Christina. And Ephesians 5, 16. Use every chance you have for doing good. Use every chance. You know, I'm hoping we always get down. You can continue, Christina. I, we're getting down often on people about being opportunistic. You know, don't watch out for them. They're opportunists. Ooh, opportunists. Well, listen, let's be opportunists for love. Let's be people who look for opportunities to show love, to give of ourselves, to go the extra mile, to make the call, to make the visit. Amen? To give Our last. Let's be opportunistic so that the kingdom community can expand. Amen? So listen, in your bulletin you have an outline. Let's fill it in. Christina, you can go to the very last page, my dear. And it says, the best use of life is love. Fill it in here if you like. The best expression of love is action. And third, the best time to show love is when? Now. Now. Seize the day. Carpe diem. Seize the moment. Get in there, guys. As God begins to show us what it means to do life together, to love together, to care for one another, to build a Christian community that expands and overflows to the rest of the community, let's become lovers in the Bluebell community. Let's Let's become known as people who love. The last thing I want to show, and I trust that it's okay, but it will be the best climax for this lesson. Christina, would you please just run the clip of what happened to this man? These are Mr. Rogers' last words. I pray that you can play that, Christina, for me, and we'll pray.
1: A generation, generation of children, confidence in them, for being their friend for telling them again and again and again that they are special and that they have worth. It is my honor on behalf of everyone here and on behalf of the millions of children whose mornings you have brightened with your kindness to present you with this Lifetime Achievement Award. It's a beautiful night in this neighborhood. So many people have helped me to come to this night. Some of you are here, some are far away, some are even in heaven. All of us have special ones who have loved us into being. Would you just take, along with me, 10 seconds? to think of the people who have helped you become who you are those who have cared about you and wanted what was best for you in life ten seconds of silence I'll watch the time
0: while he does that I want to say simply this is a Presbyterian minister who took his ministry to the world and became a champion of love and all those people are not necessarily church people but they're Worldly people, perhaps. But this Whomever you've
1: been thinking about was a blessing. How pleased they must be to know the difference you feel they've made. You know, they're the kind of people television does well to offer our world. Special thanks to my family and friends, and to my co workers in public broadcasting, family communications, and this academy for encouraging me, allowing me all these years to be your neighbor. May God be with you. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Christina. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for both biblical and contemporary role models that help us see that we need to become neighbors. We need to become outlets of love to those around us, those near and far. Father, may you be glorified this week as we hear your word ring in our hearts and as we become those people who learn how to do life together through loving and caring and serving others. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let the redeemed of the Lord say, Amen. God bless you.